Are you new to Daily Fantasy? Are you a veteran? Either way, you can better your chances of winning money and lots of it by going to DailyRoto.com. Multiple people have become millionaires thanks to the guys at Daily Roto. Why not take advice from the experts? You can become a millionaire too. Just go to DailyRoto.com to rock Daily Fantasy Sports. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are now about to witness the strength of fantasy knowledge. Fantasy Sports Radio Network, you are now tuned in to the speeds and spitting statistician on Fantasy Freestyle. Up next on that cypher, the mic. On the microphone, you know that I'm one of the best yet. Dane Martinez. You know what it is. It's your boy, Dane Martinez, a.k.a. Speeds, a.k.a. The Spittin' Statistician, a.k.a. The Stable Genius and Vocal Minority. And you are listening to another episode of the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the Fantasy Sports Network. We take you inside Studio 34 here in Midtown Manhattan, rocking Riley's. We're making it pop, pop off here on another Tuesday with my boys, the Stats Overbeat Cypher. Down there in the Fantasy Pit of Misery, we got my man Danny Otto down there. He's trying to make me sound good. Is that possible, though, Danny? I don't know how we sound right now. You're going to make me sound good hotter than, uh, you know, liquid hot magma. So hot that we blow up like a Samsung 7. So hot that we sweat steam. I got my fantasy best friend forever, Mikey Florio, down there in the fantasy pit of misery as well. We got a good show for you on a Tuesday. Here's what we're going to do. In the NFL, listen, we've been doing little Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders, kind of two-sport athletes at this point, and we continue like that here on the Fantasy Freestyle this week. Here's what we're going to do. On the NFL side, we got the Combine popping off, okay? They're down there in Indianapolis. They're doing, you know, little drills in their underwear. They're running around cones. You know, they're putting up weights. They're jumping and slapping things. We're going to talk about that, specifically the quarterbacks, okay? We're going to talk about all the high-profile quarterbacks that are going to the Combine this week, and I'm going to give you my take on all of those quarterbacks and where they may wind up after the draft. The other thing we're going to do is when we go to the Major League Baseball, we are going to continue with our division-by-division previews. We started off on the late week pod last week on the Fantasy Freestyle with the American League Central. I talked a lot about the bats in the AL Central, okay, the Edwin Encarnacion's of the world, the Miguel Cabrera's of the world, how bad it was for Detroit to lose Ian Kinsler. We talked about all of that already. We're going to switch gears and talk about the pitching in the American League Central. And then, as always, we put the fun in functional sports radio. If you listen to the Fantasy Freestyle and the Stats Overbeat Cypher, you know that we do a little bit of things about rapping athletes. Well, we have another example of a rapping athlete. And me and my boys down there in the Fantasy Pit of Misery, we are going to critique the effort of a Minnesota Twins infielder, to give you a little bit of a hint. He's got a uh, brother. That was big news because he got traded to the Seattle Mariners. That'll give you another little hint about who I might be talking about. We got a poll question up as well. Hit me up on Twitter. You can always follow me at Spittin' Speed. You can always ask me questions. I do my best to get back to you at the Stats Overbeat Cypher. All my people out there know exactly what I'm talking about. But we got a poll question up today. And here's the thing. When we talk about this combine... And we're going to start talking about the quarterbacks that are going to this combine. I wanted to know from you guys, what do you think is the most important attribute 
for a quarterback to be successful in the NFL. Here are your options. Is it the arm strength? Okay, is it to be able to fit it into tight windows, that sort of thing? Is it accuracy? Is it actually being accurate? You know, because you could be Chad Pennington or Sam Bradford and put the ball exactly where you want. But are there other things you need to do? For example, is it leadership? Is it intangibles? That kind of stuff that really moves the needle for quarterback play. Or is it the mental side? Is it having a high football IQ? Is it being able to read schemes, read defenses, and know where the mismatches are, where the ball needs to go? That's what I want to ask you guys. Hit me up on Twitter, at Spittin' Speeds, and let me know what you think is the most important attribute in today's NFL for a quarterback. Because it could also be mobility. You know, As time goes on, we see mobility being a bigger and bigger bigger element of what we see needed from the quarterback position. But let's get it started right here with some news and notes from around the NFL. And let's get it started. Since last I spoke to you guys, down in Jacksonville, they have gone ahead and signed Blake Bortles to an extension. It is a three-year, $54 million deal, $26.5 million of which is guaranteed. Here's the deal with Bortles and the Jags, okay? he His fifth year was going to be fully guaranteed. They were going to pick up his option if he couldn't pass a physical and he just had wrist surgery okay so they knew he wasn't going to be able to pass physical so what they said is yo mine as well double down on this and give him an extension but here's the thing I still think the Jags could be in the market for a quarterback you say what are you talking about speeds they just signed Bortles to 54 million I direct you to Mike Glennon At about this time last year, Mike Glennon signed the exact same contract. Three years for $54 million. Then what did the Bears go out and do? They still augmented their quarterback position number two overall in the draft, getting Mitchell, don't call me Mitch Trubisky, okay? So I actually believe, especially for a team like Jacksonville that had the cap space to spare, I do not believe that this is, uh, you know, kind of takes them out of some of the quarterbacks that are out there. I think the Jags can still go ahead and get a Tyrod Taylor, still be in the running for a guy like Kirk Cousins if they so choose, but Blake Bortles just got himself a little bit of cash. The Jags have also cut running back Chris Ivory. Listen, Ivory now goes you know, on the scrap heap with a number of other running backs that we're reporting are going to be looking for work. You know, We talked about the DeMarco Murrays of the world. We talked about the Frank Gores of the world. We talked about Jeremy Hills of the world. You can go ahead and add Chris Ivory to that list is going to save uh, the Jaguars about $3 million in cap space. Keeping it moving, in Miami, I told you about it last week, how Jarvis Landry got um, the franchise tag. I talked about how the franchise tag is really, it, it, is, is really um, you know, could be just an asset to them be traded. Right, because they weren't going to come to a long-term deal with Jarvis Landry. So now they lock him up. It's basically like kicking the can down the road for one year. But now you still have him as an asset, just in case you do want to come around and flip him. There apparently are numerous teams interested in trading Jarvis Landry. So you want to keep your eye out on that. A trade was made, though, in the NFL. The Kansas City Chiefs and the Los Angeles Rams did business, sending Pro Bowl cornerback Marcus Peters to Los Angeles for a second and a fourth round pick. Now let me tell you something. Marcus Peters is known as 
one of these top cornerbacks. But the thing is, really, his game is such that he's a gambler. He gambles, okay? He jumps routes because his interceptions, he has 19 interceptions over the last couple of years, which is tops in the league, right? But he's a gambler. He can also get burned. I've seen him get burned. But this is a nice little move for the Rams, getting a guy like Marcus Peters, because remember, Tremaine Johnson, their um, high-level cornerback right now, is likely going to be a free agent, will likely test the open market. So they're bringing in another cornerback right away. Also, you know, this is a time of year where you're going to hear a lot of reports out there. There are reports that the Steelers are going to trade Martavis Bryant. Remember, we heard that all season. Now we're hearing, no, 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 they are not trading him. Why would they? Why would they when you think about it? He obviously plays a role there. Also, the Bills now are saying that they are not planning on cutting Tyrod Taylor. If I was T-Mobile, I would I would defecate the mattress all over Buffalo. They didn't want me. They wanted to start Nathan Peterman in my place. If I'm Tyrod, I'm hoping they don't pick up my option. I'm hoping that I can have some uh, opportunity to test my wares, whether it be in Minnesota, whether it be in Denver, or a number of other places, that may be the case. Also, we're hearing Cincinnati Bengals, or former Cincinnati Bengals tight end, Tyler Eifert. You know, remember, I call him one of my Kia guys, okay, because he's always, my neck, my back. He's always got something going on, and with Tyler Eifert, it was his back, but he has now been cleared for OTAs that will be going on, but he's a free agent. So my question for you is, like, would you take the, would you take the risk on a guy like Tyler Eifert? Would you go ahead and sign him knowing that he's made of whatever Chad Pennington's knees are made out of? I don't think I would. I don't think I would spend the money required to go ahead and get a guy like Tyler Eifert and then have him miss half the games. The other piece of news we got to share is... uh it came out as though Roger Goodell was going to find Jerry Jones for like $2 million. That's not the case, okay? What is actually happening is there's a law that's been on the books, bylaws for the NFL, for about 20 years already, that they just recoup and share and reimburse any kind of um, legal costs, okay? And so Jerry Jones put the other owners in a bind where they had to, um, in essence, you know, pay lawyers. They had to pay lawyers, um, you know, when he was threatening about Roger Goodell's contract extension, when he was lobbying for uh, the Ezekiel Elliott suspension. And so it's coming back on Jerry Jones. It looks like $2 million. He'll be $2 million lighter in his pockets. But, you know, he's got deep pockets. Competition committee is also getting together this week, you know, with owners meetings and stuff like that as the combine gets going in Indianapolis. Competition committee is looking at um, what is a catch. We've been talking about this on Fantasy Freestyle for a while. And what it looks like they might do is do away with that um, going to the ground portion of the catch rule. Because, you know, that's really what stirs up a lot of the controversy. Them being able to hold possession as they go to and through the ground. Okay, so they're looking at that. They're also looking at something and I think it's very interesting. I think I might make this a poll question for the next episode of Fantasy Freestyle. They are debating if they want to change defensive pass interference. And instead of making it a spot foul, making it a 15-yard penalty. So that this way, even if it's you know a bomb down the field, DPI will still also just be a 15-yard penalty. I think that's very intriguing. We'll get into that on the late-week episode of Fantasy Freestyle. The last thing I want to tell you is, as I mentioned, the, co- the quarterbacks are getting going at the Combine this week. Well, Sam Darnold at USC, he will not throw at the Combine. Most of the other top guys will. Sam Darnold instead is going to wait for his pro day. And listen, in the pro day, everything's stacked for you, okay? It's your wide receivers. It's your field. You know the wind conditions and that sort of stuff. So you obviously uh, probably put out a better effort on your pro day than you would out in the foreign areas of Indianapolis for the Combine. But Sam Darnold is not going to throw. But that brings me to Sam Darnold. 
Because what we're going to do here on this episode of the Fantasy Freestyle inside Studio 34 here at Rock and Riley's, come on by. We got the good bartenders over here. We'll buy you a drink, make it happen. We're drinking on a Tuesday here on the Fantasy Freestyle. I want to talk about some of the um, big time quarterbacks that are going to be at this combine and uh, give you my little thumbnail sketch on all of them, so you know a little bit about what you're looking for for some of these top guys that I think most will be first round picks. We're going to move into the you know second and third round with some of these guys, but maybe if your team is looking to replace you know a Ben Roethlisberger or a Philip Rivers and Eli Manning, or if you're one of these teams that are just starved for a quarterback like uh, the Jets, like the Cardinals, like the Bills. Um, these are some of the guys you, you may want to know about as we hit draft season. The first guy is Sam Darnold. And if you listen to Fantasy Freestyle, you know I have been talking about Sam Darnold for over a year now. I thought the Jets were going to tank and hashtag suck for Sam. They did not. They won five games. But Sam Darnold... Listen, this was like an early shot call by your boy Speeds, the spitting statistician, because I was saying he was going to be on the top of draft boards at this time. And he's only a sophomore, okay? He had kind of an up-and-down season, but his up, his good, is like French Montana. It's all the way up, okay? Um, so his good is very good. He's only 20 years old. He's only a sophomore. And a lot of teams think that this kid is the prototypical guy that can be it. He has that kind of like leadership, that it factor, right? Those intangibles. That's why I asked that on the poll question. He's got a high football eye. IQ. He can make all the throws, but the thing is, he makes some crazy throws. And he has some just dud games. Okay? Um, Speeds, I think he's, he's going to take time to develop, but he's the kind of the proverbial mold of clay. A lot of teams want to have that and then mold them uh, for their organization. And I think Sam Darnold is going to be one of those not like true elite quarterbacks, but going to be in tier two. He's going to be a serviceable NFL veteran for the next eight to nine years. Sam Darnold, you're not going to go wrong. He has the pedigree. He has the skill set. Yeah, he throws some duds in there, but I think he'll be able to iron that out. Sam Darnold definitely going to be, in my opinion, a top ten pick at uh, the upcoming draft in February. The next guy I want to talk about is Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen is out of UCLA. This guy... He is the best, in my opinion, pure passer. Okay, footwork, mechanics, arm strength, accuracy. As a pure passer, Josh Rosen is the top of the list, okay? But here's the thing. There's a couple of knocks against Josh Rosen that we got to cover. One is that he's had a bit of an injury history already. Okay, he's missed some time last year at UCLA. He also went through a couple of coaching changes at UCLA. So he never really had the time to fully digest the system, fully get his feet wet. But the other thing people are saying about Josh Rosen is that they're concerned about his attitude. Maybe he's a little bit of a brat. There is one uh, AFC executive that has come out and already said anonymously, of course, that he is just, in fact, a spoiled brat. A lot of people wonder about his attitude. He has been a little bit outspoken. I remember, you know, during college football season, he came out talking about why uh, college athletes should in fact be paid, that they're not really trying in school. And he was saying basically what was the truth, but people didn't like that because he was pretty much outspoken about it. I'm going to say this. He's getting comparisons right now to Matt Ryan. And if you can grab, you know, draft yourself the next Matt Ryan, I say do it. I think the New York football giants at number two overall are going to wind up with Josh Rosen. So Giant fans out there right here in New York, I know there's some outside right there in Rock and Riley's. They're going to be getting ready for Josh Rosen, in my opinion. You know, the injuries, the coaching change, the attitude notwithstanding. This guy has the tools, arm strength, football, uh, footwork, mechanics, accuracy. And I've seen a couple of UCLA games this year. It translates, 
okay? It definitely does. Josh Rosen is going to be the kind of prize stud, kind of like a Jared Goff was. You know, that California kid typecasted as as a quarterback. So let's see how Josh Rosen does. The next guy I want to talk about is a quarterback out of Wyoming named Josh Allen. And this guy is going to get, you know, kind of... um, There's a wide range of opinions when it comes to Josh Allen. Okay, this guy is your prototypical, like, big, like, you know, farm boy, country strong kind of kid. Okay, he's got a cannon attached to his shoulder. One of the best arm strength we've seen. So that's why arm strength is a option on our poll right there on Twitter. You know, so he's got the arm strength. But here's the thing. He only completed 56% of his passes. Granted, it was at Wyoming. Granted, it was D2 competition that he was facing, right? But there were a couple of games where they stepped up Wyoming and played, uh, you know, Division One schools. And he defecated the mattress left and right. So I don't know if he was able to step up to the competition. This could be a case of a guy who dominated lesser competition. But is he going to be a Carson Wentz? I'm not sure. They're comparing him to guys like Carson Wentz, comparing him to guys like Big Ben Roethlisberger, comparing him to guys like Phillip Rivers because he's kind of unrefined with his motion, but he's a big, you know, go-get-it kind of kid. Um, I'm not going to be the guy who takes a chance on him. And I don't want my Jets to do it either. You know, I think this is going to be the exact, you know, typecast of a guy who has all the talent in the world, but then couldn't put it together. Whether it's like the defenses and schemes they see not in Division Two, the step up and the speed of the game coming from Division Two. You also asked my boy Emery Hunt at FF Game Plan, and he says that he does not like Josh Allen. He thinks it's kind of too much clay to mold and that it will take too much time. And then, you know, the head coach and the GM that winds up drafting him, they're going to get fired. Before Allen fully develops This kid is a three to four year project Okay And if you're drafted in the top five The top ten You are not a good team You don't have three to five years To mold some kid You're going to get fired Before that I would stay away from Josh Allen Out of this group He is my fugazi The guy to forget about Let's go on to Oklahoma quarterback Heisman Trophy winner Baker Mayfield A lot of people are now Starting to connect Baker Mayfield With the Jets Calling him Broadway Baker I think Mel Kuyper's First draft Or latest draft Came out Had him going Number six overall To the Jets Here's the thing Baker Mayfield Can make all the throws Had the completion percentage Had the intangibles The it factor The fiery leadership Right But here are the knocks On Baker Mayfield One Is that he's only Around six foot tall Okay, And if your name ain't Russell Wilson, if your name ain't Drew Brees in the NFL, and you're only around six feet, people worry about you. People worry like, oh, how will you be able to see over the defensive line and make throws? I think that's nonsense, okay? I think if you got the skills, you got the skills. And I think Baker Mayfield does, in fact, have the skills. My question, though, is he was in the Big 12, and all they do there is that spread offense. It's pretty much like a seven-on-seven drill. Nobody plays defense in that you know, conference. And so my question for you is very simple. What Big 12 quarterback has come out and been successful? We heard like Bryce Petty put up video game numbers at Baylor. We saw what Johnny Manziel did in that conference. Didn't do it in the pros. So is he going to be able to take the step? I'll tell you what, I'd rather take my chances on Baker Mayfield than Josh Allen, but I also am a little bit skeptical about Baker Mayfield to see, like, yeah, he can make the throws. Yeah, he's done big game things in college like Deshaun Watson did, but also like Vince Young did. 
And it didn't work out too well for Vince Young, right? So we will see about him. Right now, though, I would have Rosen. I mean, excuse me. I'd have Darnold and Rosen as a tier. I'd have Allen and Baker Mayfield below that. Then we get into another controversial quarterback that we got to talk about. Louisville starter Lamar Jackson. This kid is basically the exact opposite of Josh Allen. Josh Allen is saying, oh, you know, his 56 completion percentage, but he's got all the tools and he's a coach's son and he's got the discipline. And he's Caucasian. Lamar Jackson has the athleticism, dynamic, also the same 57 completion percentage, played in the ACC against better competition, yet Bill Polian is out there saying he needs to be a wide receiver because of his athleticism and his, uh, you know, his excitement, but that he can't develop to make the throws and be an NFL quarterback. I think that's a little ridiculous, right? Hashtag all quarterbacks matter, and so does Lamar Jackson. Someone's going to take a chance on him. And to me, in 2018, you need mobility. Think about these guys, the Russell Wilsons, the Aaron Rodgers, even Carson Wentz had mobility. You know, Cam Newton as well. Some of your top quarterbacks outside of Breeze and Brady, they all have mobility. Matthew Stafford has pocket mobility. Aaron Rodgers has pocket mobility. Yes. Lamar Jackson, in the same way as RG3, cannot just rely on running the ball. Okay? If we say that RG3 is on one side of, like, couldn't hack it because he was just runner, and we say on the other side that, like, Russell Wilson is a quarterback who uses his legs effectively, right? And maybe Cam Newton is in the middle. I expect Lamar Jackson to be closer to Russell Wilson than to RG3. And if he is, you have a fantasy asset because he's going to run for four, five, six, seven, eight hundred yards. He's going to score some touchdowns running. Okay? So I'm actually on Lamar Jackson. If he's in a situation where he's starting from day one, it may not look pretty. But as a fantasy owner, I think Lamar Jackson is someone to definitely go out and grab. Um, My boy Emery Hunt certainly thinks that he is the top quarterback in this draft. But I want to talk about two other quarterbacks who you're going to see this week in the Combine in Indianapolis. First is Mason Rudolph. This is a guy from Oklahoma State. Another Big 12 quarterback, okay? This guy in only like about 40 games had 92 touchdowns and only 25 picks, okay? So the stats are there. Video game numbers, okay? Straight video game numbers, but this is another Big 12 quarterback, not even with the athleticism of Baker Mayfield. So the question is, will he be able to kind of continue his development or will he wind up like Bryce Petty? Will he wind up like Landry Jones and other people in the Big 12 who had huge college stats, but never can make an impact at the next level. The next guy I'm going to ask you about, though, and this is a guy that I want everybody to keep an eye on, okay? Kyle Laletta. Kyle Laletta is the quarterback out of Richmond, the Richmond Spiders, okay? And if everybody's talking about Josh Allen out of Wyoming and how great Josh Allen can be, even against the D2 competition, then what about this kid Kyle Laletta? Kyle Laletta was the MVP and best-looking quarterback at the Senior Bowl a couple of weeks ago. This is a guy, okay, he's 6'2", 215, not the prototypical size for a quarterback, but he doesn't have a cannon arm either, not overly athletic, but here's what he does. He understands the game. He's got those intangibles, right? He knows schemes. He knows defenses. He does the film work. He's from a military family, right? He knows the game, that sort of stuff. He has the desire to get better. A lot of people are very much impressed with Kyle Laletta out of Richmond, so those are a few quarterbacks to check out. Sam Darnold. 
Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. Those are the five that I think are going to go in the first round. And then you got Mason Rudolph. And don't sleep on Kyle Laletta out of Richmond. Someone is going to draft this kid in the third or fourth round. And remember, people in the third or fourth round pop off every couple of years. Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott. So think about Kyle Laletta. But if you ask me... I don't want the statue that is Josh Rosen behind the pocket. I think he's fugazi, even though his arm and his mechanics are there. You need to have some mobility, so that's why I'm off Rosen. I'm off Allen. I don't think he makes the cut, but give me Baker Mayfield, give me Lamar Jackson, and give me Sam Darnold. What I want to do right now before we switch gears and go over to baseball is I got to tell you about our friends and partners over at DKMS. Did you know that it only takes one minute to potentially save someone's life? No, seriously, one minute. That's how long it takes to just swab your cheeks and join the donor list with DKMS. There are currently 900,000 registered donors in the United States, and we need more. There is an American diagnosed every three minutes with blood cancer, so there can never be enough donors. For only $45, you can help DKMS register new bone marrow donors, new blood donors. DKMS donors save approximately 19 lives a day, and we want you to help save one. So please, if you can, go on over to DKMS.org slash fantasy today and learn a lot more how about you can, you know, uh, become a match for someone and potentially save someone's life. All right. Let's keep it moving here, though. On the Fantasy Freestyle, on the Fantasy Sports Network, you know what your boy Dane Martinez speeds the spitting statistician. What I want to do is get into baseball real quick. I'm telling you, I feel like Bo Jackson. I feel like Brian Jordan. Deion Sanders, you know, well, doing the two sports. We talked a little bit about football. I told you about the news and notes that were going on there. I gave you my preview on some of the quarterbacks that are going in the combine this week. As we go to baseball, though, um, we got some news, and we want to also preview the arms of the AL Central. So here's what I got to tell you. First of all, in Minnesota, Logan Morrison has agreed to a new deal, a one-year, $6.5 million deal. You're going to start to see a little slow drip, drip, drip of some of the veterans latching on places now that uh, pitches and catchers and spring training has popped off. There are reports that the Toronto Blue Jays, they have come to a deal with closer Singwon Oh. Remember, this is a guy, he had a deal with the Rangers, it looked like, but then the Rangers saw, we were doing his physical, his MRI, and they saw that he had UCL damage. Toronto Blue Jays, they were like, eh, that's alright, come on in, you can be down for us. Looks like Oh may wind up Needing to have Tommy John in his future, but for now, they're going to let him rock, and he's probably going to slate in there in the bullpen for Toronto in the eighth or ninth inning. Similar to Logan Morrison, the Indians have signed Mike Napoli to a minor league deal. This is not a guaranteed contract for $6 million like Lomo got with Minnesota. In Cleveland, the Indians have signed Napoli to a minor league deal, Okay, and this is what's going to happen for some of these veterans that don't get to latch on. They're going to have to earn their way in, okay? Napoli's 36 years old. He only hit 194 last year, okay? So he probably is on his last legs, but he did bang 29 home runs and everybody with these three true outcomes. So if you need a little bit of pop and the Indians, listen, they have some power bats. We talked about them in the uh, offensive preview of the AL Central. We talked about Francisco Lindor and Jose Ramirez as MVP candidates. We talked about Edwin Encarnacion with his second year walking the parrot in Cleveland, his streak of like 35 home run seasons. That will probably continue this week. Okay, we talked about additions, uh, not additions, but we talked about supporting cast like Jason Kipnis, Michael Brantley. Um, so you can add Napoli 
into the mix as well. But what we're going to do is we're going to talk arms here. We're going to talk arms in the AL Central for a hot second. Um, as you know, I told you, I think the Cleveland Indians are uh, going to win the AL pennant this year. I believe they will win the AL Central in a runaway. I believe the AL Central, I think the Cleveland Indians will actually have the largest division lead of anybody of any division. I think it will be the least competitive division in all of Major League Baseball, certainly in the American League. Okay, I think the Indians by you know the Fourth of July will already have something like a thirteen fourteen game lead, and uh, they'll be in cruise control from there on in. And to be honest, their pitching is the top of this division as well. You know about Corey Kluber, okay? And by the way, your boy Speeds the Spitting Statistician called that Corey Kluber would win the AL Cy Young last year. Okay, Corey Kluber then went on to have a two point two five ERA, struck out two hundred and sixty five guys, and this is basically what he does every year since two thousand thirteen. So that's no big deal. Here's why I think the Indians are studly. And it really comes down to starting pitchers two through four. Okay? When you think about Carlos Carrasco, when you think about Danny Salazar, when you think about Trevor, uh, Trevor Bauer, when you think about Mike Clevenger, these are guys that I think are going to be a competitive advantage in that division. Okay? These are guys like Salazar, Carrasco is going to be going up against other teams' number twos and threes. Trevor Bauer is going to be going up against other teams' threes and fours. I think that is an advantage. And here's the other thing I like, especially for fantasy. You know about Corey Kluber already. But the strikeout rates for these guys are out of control. Carrasco, 226 Ks in 200 innings pitched. That's over K per nine. Okay, that's over nine Ks per nine. It's over a strikeout per inning. You got to like that. Okay, Salazar only went 103 innings pitched, but 12.6 strikeouts per nine innings. Okay, and he was hurt a lot. Remember, okay? So if he stays healthy, he's going to fan 200 guys as well. That's what you're looking for in fantasy baseball, okay? You're looking to find power arms that are not the Kershaw and Syndergaards because those guys are going to go early, okay? So Carrasco is one. Salazar is one. Trevor Bauer with 10 to 11 strikeouts per nine innings as well, okay? These high strikeout guys with room to improve. These are guys that I like. So I love Bauer. I like Carrasco. I love Salazar. And here's the other thing. They are playing the American League Central. So last week, when I gave you my offensive preview, and I said that I thought the Royals might be one of the worst offenses in all of Major League Baseball, well, the Indians get 18 or 19 games against them. When I told you that the Chicago White Sox have a piss-poor offense outside of like Abreu and Garcia and Mancada, well, these starters are going to get to face them. 18 times. When I told you that the Detroit Tigers are going to regress this year offensively, well, these guys are going to see them 18 times, right? So I like those starters, and I think that when you think about Carrasco and Salazar and Bauer, these are going to be guys that I think are very viable, that look like they're just SP2s or SP3s, but are in fact definitely viable for your fantasy team. Let's talk about the Minnesota Twins for a hot second. In Minnesota, Listen, you got Berrios, and then you got to step down. But honestly, to me, Jose Berrios is a fantasy fugazi. He's someone you need to forget about, in my opinion. This is a guy guy who three years ago had 165 innings. Then two years ago, 
170 innings. Last year, 175 innings. Do you think he is ready in his age 24 season to go ahead and put on a bigger load? I am not so sure. This is a guy who was out of control good in the first half, but then really kind of fell off in the second half of the year, okay? Will he be able to sustain that in the second half this year? I don't know. And here's the thing. This is why I don't like these guys. The same with Detroit Tigers like Michael Fulmer in years past, okay? You get a guy Remember that year when like Ubaldo Jimenez was something like 14-1 and in the first half of the season and then defecated the mattress for the second half? That's what we could see in Barrios this year. So if you go ahead and get Barrios, do me a favor, just trade him in July, okay? Because you don't want to have to try to win your fantasy baseball championship on the back of someone who is hitting the rookie wall as a 24-year-old, okay? And I don't believe in the rest of these guys. Here's the other thing that happens that's a problem with the Twins' arms, okay? They got too many, these other veterans that they have that are supposed to bolster this rotation and support a guy like Berrios, they're already hurt. Erwin Santana, already on the DL. Michael Pineda, Already, you know, dealing with injury. This guy is made of tissue, okay? Guys like Phil Hughes, you know, do you trust Kyle Gibson to really be like your number two or number three starter? I don't think so. I think the Minnesota Twins actually regress a little bit because Erwin Santana had a great year for them. And he's already banged up. So that's a problem. I am staying away from Minnesota Twin Arms, including Berrios. I think he hits the wall. He's one of the fugazis for me. I think you need to forget about him. Same thing in Kansas City. You got Danny Duffy and then not a lot else. Okay, I'm okay with Danny Duffy. Sure, Danny Duffy can be your SP3 on your fantasy team. I got no qualms with that. But then there's nobody else there. Who do you like? Ian, Ian Kennedy? Jason Hamill? I do not like these guys. And also remember... This is also going to be pitches that get no kind of run support because the Royals are one of the worst offenses in all of Major League Baseball. So you're going to ask Ian Kennedy to go out there and hold opponents to one or two runs? I don't think he's capable of that. I don't think they get wins. I think the Kansas City Royals take a dramatic step back when it comes to uh, their win total this year. Remember, they also lost Lorenzo Cain. Hosmer. These are guys that were bats in that lineup to help with run production that are just no longer there, and it's going to rely on the pitchers, and you got Danny Duffy and not a whole lot else. I want to talk about Detroit. I think it's the same thing in Detroit. I know my boys over at the Fantasy BFFs today, they were talking about the Detroit Tigers, and they talked about guys like Matt Boyd. You know, they talked about Mike Fires. They talked about Jordan Zimmerman. I don't trust these guys. These are guys that are going to sit with like a 4.4 ERA, a 1.3 whip. Jordan Zimmerman was great back in the day in the National League. Ever since he's been in Detroit with that fat contract, he has not delivered. In Detroit, you're talking about Michael Fulmer and nobody else. And in the same way I said it with Berrios in Minnesota, Fulmer the last couple of years has hit the wall after about 150 innings. Is this the year he gets over that hump? And can be more durable? Maybe. But I'm not taking a chance on this. There are not many pitchers that I like in the American League Central outside of Cleveland. One that I will take a chance on. There are two in Chicago, though, that I'll take a chance on. The first is uh, Carlos Rondon. Now, I know 
I know he's on the DL, you know, similar to Santana and Pineda and some other guys. But this is a guy who, if he comes back, I think he's worth a stash on your DL spot because this is an effective pitcher, okay? This is a guy who I think can come back. It was him and Quintana about two years ago that were both um, all-star caliber, right? And I think Rodon can, in fact, replicate that if he sees the mound again. He's already... You know, likely going to be on the DL to start the season. I think he had like a triceps injury last year, came back, but maybe re-aggravated it. It was a little too early for him to come back. So I would watch out for that. But the other guy I like is Lucas Giolito. This is a guy who was in the, I believe it was the Nationals farm system. And I think he came over to the White Sox, maybe in the Adam Eaton deal. Uh, I'll have to have uh, my man Mike Florio check me on that. But I think he came over in the Adam Eaton deal with the Nationals. And this is a kid that, you know, huge prospect at the level of some of those Pittsburgh Pirates prospects, you know, like the Glasnows of the world, you know, that you really have heard about. And this may be the year because the the White Sox, they are in kind of a, you know, rebuild mode. They want to see what they have in the kids. And so what you got to do with a kid like Lucas Giolito is you got to let him go out there. You got to have this be the year where he throws 130 innings so that next year he could throw 150 and then two years when you're ready to contend, he's ready to be your number two starter or something like that because it will not be small game James Shields, okay? This guy hasn't pitched and won in a big game since about 2008 with the Tampa Bay Rays. So there you have it, okay? In Chicago, I like Giolito Rondon. In Detroit, I'm wary of them. In Minnesota, Barrios is a fugazi for me. You need to forget about him. He hit the wall. And in Cleveland, I love these arms Listen, I love Corey Kluber as well, but if you can get yourself a little Salazar, a little Bauer, a little Carrasco, I like, I like it very much. I like it very, very much. And closers out there I like also. I like Herrera in Kansas City, but how many chances will he get? You know, because Royals aren't going to win many games. I like Shane Green in Detroit. Tigers aren't going to win many games. I yeah, Soria in Chicago. White Sox aren't going to win many games, though. But when you look at Cleveland, you also have you have the Cody Allen, but then you got Andrew Miller, right? I mean, Andrew Miller, last year, check this out, 13.6 strikeouts per nine innings, okay? He is an absolute beast, and I love how Terry Francona uses him in the right situations, in the highest leverage positions. I love what they're doing in the bullpen in Cleveland. And in Minnesota, I'm staying away from it because you got, you got um, Addison Reed and Fernando Rodney. Fernando Rodney has made a career out of being, like, not the best pitcher in that bullpen, but getting saves. And I don't know how they're going to play it in Minnesota. I can see, I can see saves getting mixed in with a number of pitches. So I would stay away from that situation altogether. But there you have it. A little bit of a look at the arms in the American League Central. Uh, when we start, when we do the late week pod on Fantasy Freestyle, we're going to go to another division. It will be the NL West. We're going to go out to the NL West. I'll tell you surprisingly which uh, contract year Colorado Rocky I actually think could be a Fugazi. And I'll tell you which rotation I like the best. I'll give you a hint. It is not the one that uh, flaunt Clayton Kershaw at the top of the rotation. I go elsewhere, and I have another surprise team that I think might come out in, um, and actually make the playoffs in the National League from the NL West. A lot of people are not giving this team love, so keep it locked and tune into the late-week pod of the Fantasy Freestyle to let you know who I'm thinking about there in the National League 
West. All right, here's what I got to do before we put the fun in functional sports radio. I got to tell you about my people over at FantasyFactor.com. Fantasy Factor is the perfect daily fantasy site for the casual recreational player. There are flatter prize pools. There are smaller fields. And here's the thing. Single entry contests, okay? So you don't have to go up against these big boy sharks that have their algorithms and computer programs and are putting in 50, 100 lineups a night. Single entry contests over at Fantasy Factor. And Fantasy Factor is running NHL and NBA free rolls every week. It is a free entry. All you got to do is sign up and enter. Check them on out over at www.fantasyfactor.com. All right. Here's what we're going to do. Tell my guys down there in the fantasy pit of misery down there. What we're going to do is put the fun in functional sports radio. So I got a couple of things I want to ask you guys about. And I want to hear your, you know, your feedback, Danny Otto. Because, Danny, as you know, one of the things we do here on the Fantasy Freestyle is um, we uh, engage with uh, athletes who think that they're rappers. Right, and we've heard everybody from Lonzo Ball to Le'Veon Bell to Damian Lillard to uh, you know Marvin Bagley the third, Cole Beasley have been out there. All of them are better than our boy Chris Venture, the analyst, and we've established that. And none of them can do what our boys Kenneth Cashman over at Roto Wear. My, my bench better than your starters or young cause the effect the trap game maestros who are holding me down on the stats over beat cypher all football season long but we have another entry that we're going to get into and I would love to uh, we're going to play a little bit of it it, this is Nick Gordon, a.k.a. G. Cinco. He's a middle infielder for the Minnesota Twins. He is the brother of D. Gordon, the newly minted center fielder of the Seattle Mariners. That's right, center fielder, not second baseman. And so what we're going to do is this song is called I Do It All. We're going to play a snippet of it for you. And then uh, Danny and Florio down there, I'd love to get some of your reaction about Nick Gordon, also known as G. Cinco. We're about to play a little bit of I Do It All from Nick Gordon down there in the fantasy pit of misery let's make it pop this for my city this for my squad we ain't never gonna fall my boys gonna ball this how i'm living you see my foreign car sink over star do you know who you are i do it all flex balling so hard i do it all keep a foreign new car i do it all i keep a daddy with me i do it all and i'm true all right, all right. So that's a little bit of uh, it's a little bit of Nick Gordon, also known as G Cinco. I do it all. I gotta tell you, I wish I had my man, the manimal Chris Bavona, because he coined the phrase that I think I'm gonna have to use here. When we talk about all these kind of like southern drawl rappers and this kind of, he called it lazy, you know. And I think, I, listen, it's not horrible what Nick Gordon did. It wasn't horrible, but uh, I call it lazy rap. You know, uh, and he's got that auto tune down there. Hey, uh, who do I have down there in the fantasy pit of misery? Do I got any Florio? Do I got any Danny down there? How you guys doing? You have a Danny. I got a Danny. Florio's busy at the moment. That's fine. That's fine. Danny, what do you think about Nick Gordon? G Cinco. What do you think about that track? I think it was a little, I I call it that lazy Southern rap. A lot of auto tune involved. Right. I don't know. You're a musician. How do you feel about auto tune, Danny? Um, well, when used to like move things just right. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm for it because it, it works. But if you sure. if you go crazy, but you with can't it, make yeah. a whole song auto tune. Yeah, yeah, don't don't fake. 
being able to to do anything. Right, right. But uh, yeah. So what do you think about Nick Gordon here? What do you think about G Cinco uh, in terms of some of the other rappers that we've heard, the Le'Veon Bells, the Cole Beasleys, the Chris Ventras <laughs> of the world? Uh, um, what do you think? I hear a little bit of laughing out of my fantasy best friend forever right there. What do you think about uh, What do you think about Nick Gordon? How does he stack up versus uh, some of the other ones we've heard so far? He's definitely not the worst. He's not the worst. Fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, is he the best? No. 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 All right. So we got him somewhere in the middle yeah. as well. Danny, check this out. I got another topic I want to bring to you as we put the fun in functional sports radio here for another few minutes right here on the Fantasy Freestyle, right here on the Fantasy Sports Network with your boy Dane Martinez, Speeds the Spitting Statistician. I don't know. Um, and I asked you, Danny, because I know you're, uh, you know, you were in the market for love. We were talking about your Tinder profile the other week. And um, I don't know if you saw, but there was a dramatic episode of The Bachelor last night. I did not. I, I guess I missed it. Are you aware of what <laughs> took place on I The Bachelor last no night? no idea what took place. Oh, my God. Let me tell you. Okay, so they're down to two women. They're down to two women left, right? And first of all, The Bachelor is uh, Ari Leyendijk, former Formula One race car driver. Okay. okay. So they're all, you know, going after his affections and whatnot. And they're down to these two girls. That are going on their like fantasy dates or whatever. And check this out. They're down in Peru. Okay, him and one girl. Uh, her name is, I think, Becca. Okay, they're down in Peru. And get this her ex boyfriend of seven years, she had a seven year relationship. Her ex boyfriend found them in Peru and stormed the set of The Bachelor. And was like, nah, I'm coming to win her back. And they had a whole scene where this, this other dude just, like, finds them. He brings flowers. And the woman wanted no part of it. Check this out, though. The guy's name is Ross Gurgle. He's an assistant coach on the Stanford football team. So sports coming together. It's a very sporty season of The Bachelor. You got a Formula One driver, and you have that one of the coaches of the Stanford football team thought that he was going to make a grandiose gesture and kind of win his girl back. Danny, I'll give you one guess. Do you think it went well? I do not. No, it didn't go well. (laughs) It didn't go well. She, like, threw his flowers away, said, get away. He started crying and was like, I don't know what I'm doing here, and then bounced. (laughs) And therein lies your Bachelor update. Tune in next week to find out uh, who takes Ari Leyendijk's affection. What's going on? I'm popping off this week, Danny. Uh, This week is actually the week before uh, Comic-Con season kicks off. Ooh, I know that's big for you. Comic-Con has got to be huge for you guys. A little bit, yeah. uh, Emerald City Comic-Con happens this this upcoming weekend, nice. so we're going to be previewing a bunch of stuff there. Nice. And uh, still going over, reacting to Black Panther and, and okay. other movies like that. All right, fair enough. Sounds good. Sounds good. And check this out. Danny, you're going to be with me next Tuesday. I want to give people a little bit of a plug, okay? You can still get the late week pod of Fantasy Freestyle. And do me a favor, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Audio Boom, Stitcher, wherever you get your uh, podcasts, okay? And always, you can check me out on Tuesdays, the video version, right here inside Studio 34, whether it be on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, all those places the kids go these days for all their fun videos. Video content, um, but next week because because you know Danny, we talked about the quarterbacks, right? They're going to be at the combine throwing and all that stuff. But one of the biggest things that happen also in preparation for the draft is uh, the Wonderlick test, and this is a test that all the football players get to see, kind of like their IQ and to see if they can be uh, football smart. You know, because some of those guys not too smart. So so Danny, what I want to do on t- on next week's episode of the Fantasy Freestyle video is. Uh, I want you to take the Wonderlicks text live. How do you feel about that? I am nervous to uh, see how dumb I am. I think you're going to do better. Because here's the thing, Danny. After, uh, after you take the test, it gives you like a uh, percentile. 
So we'll get a uh, we'll get a response right away, and we'll see exactly how dumb or smart you are. Okay, but you're in for it, right? Oh yeah, I'm done. Sounds good. So next week on the Fantasy Freestyle, we're gonna have Danny doing the Wonderlick test. We're gonna have the NL West preview. We're gonna talk about what we had out of. Uh, you know, out of the combine news and notes as well. We'll be almost starting at the free agency, so we'll preview some of that as well. But as we get out of here, you know, Danny, I didn't realize, you know, we were talking rapping athletes. I don't know if people noticed that the last couple of weeks, the outro music you've been using um, has your boy Speeds the Spitting Statistician in it, too. Uh, do people know about Drinking on a Tuesday from Chronicle? It's it's our uh, it's our new favorite song down here. Yeah, all so right. You know. Well, check this out. It is Tuesday. We're gonna be drinking. It's my time to get on out of here. But check it out. I'm gonna let you guys know. This is uh you know friends of the show. Dilly dilly. I'm out of here. Catch me on the late week pod. Catch me on at Spitting Speeds. Hit me up. Shout out to the Stats Overbeat Cipher. I'll see you on later this week. Listen up.